You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. My name is Josh Gray. I'm the lead servant here at the church. I'm honored to be uh, that and excited to put a kind of a bow on top of this um, Holy Spirit sermon series. This is week number five. I know it's gone by so fast for us, and I hope it's been impactful for you as it has been for me. Not just that I'm learning some head knowledge, but I'm actually having application and heart change happening in my life. And so I hope that's happening for you. So quick recap. Uh, Week one, we talked about uh, the Holy Spirit uh, becoming the Lord of your life. So when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, uh, the Spirit uh, is within you, right? It comes upon you, within you. And then at that point in time, uh, you have a Savior. And we're like, yes, we're saved. And saved from what? And saved for what purpose? And the rest of our life is understanding what God is doing as he's molding us. And so it's not necessarily about what you were saved from, but also what you were saved for. And it's becoming, making Jesus not just the savior of your life, but having him actually be the Lord of your life. Guide your steps, guide your path, because he is using you to share his message. He said it is better that he would leave and that he would send the wise counselor And so he's using you to share his message because he's sharing that through the wise counselor. So we talked about that in week one. Week two, uh, Darby preached and we got to look at each other and said, the Holy Spirit is in you. The Holy Spirit is in me. The Holy Spirit is in all of us. It's in all y'all, right? And we learned that we are not to be uh, mastering the Holy Spirit and we are not to be mastering the text, but the text is to be mastering us. The Holy Spirit is to be mastering us. We are, not the, we are not the potter, we are the clay. And that we are letting God mold us and change us. Matthew 4, 19, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men and women. So are you being made through the Holy Spirit? Because that's what the job of the Holy Spirit is, is to make you. And so sometimes I'm not very moldable clay. But when my heart is softened to the Holy Spirit, guess what? I'm ready to be molded. I'm ready to be moved. I'm ready to be changed. And then Marty talked uh, in week three and talked about, do you really believe that you are the vehicle that the Holy Spirit is going to use to accomplish God's mission here on earth? And he broke down a, kind of the, the history of the Holy Spirit and how we saw it descend upon different people. And then when Jesus left, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit descended upon those who are accepting him, right? And so we looked at that in the last week. Um, we talked about uh, that we have the Holy Spirit in us. We we're all like, yes, I'm a believer. If you are, then you have the Holy Spirit in you. And we had this milk analogy where we had the strawberry milk and Brian suffered for us and drank some strawberry milk. Thank you, brother. Um, uh, but we had one of them that had the, ho- they both had the Holy Spirit in them, right? But one of them was just sitting at the bottom. And we talked about being infused with the Holy Spirit, having it being stirred in your life. And not just being like, oh yeah, yeah, I have that. I forgot I had that. But actually, like, it's just, it's, it's, it's infused in your life. It's in everything that you do. You're having those conversations. You're walking, you're talking with the true living God who is living inside of you. And what would that look like? And so this week as we we're, as we're going, I was like, what if? It was kind of the title of the message is, what if? What would happen? Do we have any examples of what would happen if an entire church body, we, first we took it upon ourselves, to understand the Holy Spirit and how he's working in our life. And then we took it upon ourselves as a community. Like, what if, what would happen if an entire body 
was sold out to the calling of the Holy Spirit and we moved as he told us to move. What, what could possibly happen is what I started thinking about this week. And in our sermon club, we were looking through different ideas and, and, and what it looks like. So there's kind of a right way and a wrong way maybe or an idea to look at. And I wanted to look at uh, Genesis chapter 11, Tower of Babel. And uh, so anyway, just, just a little history on the Tower of Babel. Like these towers, there's roughly like they could find like evidence of like 30-ish of some around there. And what would happen is they would build a tower right next to, the, to a temple of a god, for a god. And so this is obviously early, early on. We're only in Genesis chapter 11, right? And so they would build this tower, and they would build this tower up, and at the very top of this tower, there would be a bed and a, a table, and that is where the gods would come down. That's how they would come down from wherever they're coming, coming to. And you would never like go up in it or touch it or whatever, and it was always connected to a temple. And so when you think about this, building a tower uh, will give you a little perspective on it. It's called ziggurats is what they, they call them, ziggurats. So uh, now the whole world had one language and common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and they settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. This is like high tech. We're going to use brick and you use stone. Stone's pretty heavy to haul up. These, these ziggurats, these towers were 60 to 200 feet tall. And so they're using the high technology. Like, how much easier is it to make a brick than having to haul a big stone, right? And so they're using this cool technology, which is be interesting here in a second. Um, then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens. That's a good idea because we all want God, right? so that we may make a name for ourselves. Seems like it's a good motive. Like it's a good idea, but there's some verbiage in here that seems to be weird. So let's make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be scattered all over the face of the whole earth. So we're going to make a name for ourselves because we don't want to be scattered all over the face of this whole earth. But then the Lord came down, which is so awesome because they had built an escalator for him to come down on, right? So the Lord came down to, to the city uh, and the tower the people were building. And the Lord, Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Okay. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. Like, what? what? I thought they were trying to build something to you, right? So the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it's called Babel, because they're, uh, they're the Lord confused their language of the whole world, and from there the Lord scattered them all over the face of the whole earth. Makes a lot of sense. You're like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Like, what just happened? Why? Like, I thought we were supposed to be reaching uh, up to God and this tower coming down, and now they were speaking. They were, it's like we're all on the same team. Have you ever been all in and all on the same team going to the wrong place? It just causes a bigger train wreck when you get there. And the Lord loves us so much that He will correct us. And have you ever been like totally just building something for yourself, and you're like, "This is going to be the greatest thing ever," and it's all about this, and it becomes so involved, and it becomes everything that you're thinking and dreaming and doing, and then it just comes crashing to the ground? Is it the will of God in our lives? Is it something that we're looking for to where is it about ourselves, or is it about what He wants for us? 
And so as I think about this and think about like the, the, even a common day analogy of this, uh, there's a um, bridge in Honduras that's pretty awesome. Uh, it was built in like 1933 and then... Uh, it needed quite a bit of repairs, and so they rebuilt this bridge in Honduras, and they're like, this bridge needs to be awesome because uh, there's hurricanes that come through this area, and we need to have this thing just be so rock solid, and so we'll use the best technology, and we're going to build this amazing bridge, and so they rebuilt it, fortunately for them, uh, in 1996. In 1998, Hurricane Mitch hit their island, hit the area of Honduras, on the island, hit the area, and it wrecked everything except this bridge. This bridge was rock solid. It was so strong. You guys want to see it? You ever built anything so awesome, so rock solid that was in the wrong place, the wrong time? The water actually used to go over this, and the hurricane was so powerful that it redirected the the river. And uh, now God kind of moved moved the cheese a little bit for him. And it's a bridge to nowhere, but it's rock solid. Like it's got like, if you look close enough, it's got like the painted lines and everything on there. You're like, wow. And it used to be like legitimately that's where the water ran underneath there. But I guess the analogy that I want us to think of as a community is like without the Holy Spirit individually and as a community, we could be doing this. We could be building something so solid we have the super cool building. We're like, the, oh, you're the church that has them all. Like, hey, we're awesome. And we have the nice chairs, and it's currently, uh, what, a little chilly at 42 outside, but not in here. It's comfortable in here. And we have great worship, and we have good sermons, and we have good programs, great lighting, all this stuff. We've got an awesome high-tech bridge. If the Holy Spirit's not involved in it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We won't change the world for Jesus one person at a time and reach them for one person at a time if the Holy Spirit's not involved. So without God's involvement, we're building a monument to ourselves. And I'm not here to do that. Do you know what uh, God chooses to, how, what he uses to build his kingdom? We've talked about this. It's not kind of a trick question, but it's not the Sunday school answer, right? But it's you. He's using you to build his kingdom. So much so that Jesus said it is good for me that I would leave you and I would send this advocate, this wise counselor, and even so much more so that he said that we could build and do greater things than he did because he is in us and there's thousands and millions and billions of us. And so he's choosing to use us to build his kingdom. And how are we going to build his kingdom if we don't have his mind, if we don't hear his thoughts, if we're not connected to him at a deep, deep, deep personal level? And it's not about the being perfect. This church is not even anywhere near perfect. It's, it's about being willing. And so I just ask you guys, are you willing to be used by the Holy Spirit? Are you willing to be changed and not just learn some information and be like, hey, hey, good, no, yes, so, maybe, not so. Versus actually having a heart change in your life and seeing God's people differently. What if? What would happen? So another piece of text here in 1 Corinthians uh, 10, verses 16. I know I give you more on your notes, but let's just focus on these for time's sake. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts 
except their own spirit within them. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. This week, I felt attacked this week. Just personally, just things coming on. I had to like plug into the spirit of God. I didn't like, Lord, is that from you? No, flush it out. And it wasn't just one. It felt like it was hundreds and just coming and coming and coming and coming and coming. I was just like, nope, Holy Spirit, that's not it. Even the song we were singing, like, you know, like there's no, there's no uh, name that can stand against the great name of Jesus. And so I was just asking, like, constantly, like, Lord, nope, that's not of you. Get out of here. Lord, that's not you. Get it out of here. Over and over and over and over at a high level this week. But the Spirit of God searches all things, even the deep things of God. And he knew what I was going to be dealing with. And having the Spirit within me and accessing God's Spirit within me to fight off the attacks that would happen, like, what would happen if I didn't allow God's Spirit within me to do that? Could I fall to the ways of the world? Sure, I could. But to have God inside of me. What we have received is not the, the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given to us. Can you imagine understanding what God has freely given to you? Seeing the end of the road of where he wants you to go and those steps that he wants you to take? It's not of the world. The things that the world says you need, I was just thinking about this uh, as I was watching some football yesterday. Like, man, I am very wanting according to all the commercials that I watch. There's a lot of things I don't have. There's a lot of things that I need. I need a bunch of stuff. Man, I didn't realize how wanting I am. And I've become so callous to that because it just comes all the time. It's just on you all the time that you, you don't have enough. You're not enough. What you, has, what, you, what, you're, what you need is not enough. All those things, there's not enough for you. I'm like, man, no, I think I have everything that I need. I think that God has put it inside of me and he can guide my paths. But what has God freely given to you? He gave you his son. And his son gave us the spirit of God inside of us. Sometimes I'm afraid to access it. So this is what we speak, not in words taught to us by human wisdom, but in words taught to us by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. How are we going to understand what God wants if we're not connected to what he's already put in us? The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God and considers them foolishness. You're weird. Like your neighbor. Just look at your neck. I wasn't talking to you. I was talking. But you're weird. Like you're weird. If you are a Christian, if you are super, super generous, if you are seeing other people, if you are wanting to, 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 to act differently than the rest of the world, if you're okay with what you have and that you don't need more and everything and all this stuff, you're weird. It's foolishness. You need that. It's your money. You get it now. Anybody know that commercial? Yeah, it's, right. Right? No, it's not your money. It's God's money. And he'll give it to you when he wants you to give it to you, especially not from that guy on the TV. Um, and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. So we have to discern things through God's Spirit. A person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things. Hopefully they're great judgments because God's helping you to make those judgments. But such a person is not subject to merely just human judgments for who has known the mind of the Lord as, so, as to instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you have the mind of Christ? That within you, God can, can direct your path and tell you, yes, no, maybe so, go this way, go this way, and he'll know? 
We have the mind of Christ, but do we act like it? Do I act like it? So uh, without the Holy Spirit involved, we're no different than the rest of the world. We have the same divorce ratios. We have the same uh, addiction problems. We have the same identical statistics as the rest of the world if the Holy Spirit is not in our church and isn't changing us. And so uh, one of the words that I had somebody come up to me like, I have a word for you, Josh. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm Holy Spirited up. Let's do this. Um, let's do this. We got a word? Okay, I'm ready. What's the word? Awesome? No. Uh, what's the word? And uh, they're like, uh, so not everybody come up to me afterwards with a word now, okay? This is not for that purpose. This is one person that was said. And the word uh, was revival. And I was like, dang it, we don't even have a tent. And the hay is so messy when we brought it into the church for the Halloween event that we had to vacuum that up for days. And I'd never really been around churches. I don't really know, like, revival is not uh, a word that I use often in my everyday thing. So, like, I'm like, well, what is this revival stuff? Let's do this. And, like, revival kind of means to stir the flame. Remember the video where the flame was just bouncing all over in our, our Bible Project video? To stir the flame. Revival definition is an instance of something becoming popular, active, or important again. And in my life, I need the Holy Spirit to be pretty darn important again and always. Another definition was an improvement in the condition or strength of something. I, my prayer for our church is that we would have an improvement or in, in, in the strength of how we view and access and plug into the Holy Spirit as a church. That something is the relationship with the Holy Spirit for our church. In my study this uh, previous week with my guys that I'm doing it with and experiencing God, I was talking about the Holy Spirit and how God speaks by the Holy Spirit. And when God speaks by the Holy Spirit, here's what he does, is he reveals himself. He reveals his purposes, and he reveals his ways. He reveals himself, his purposes, and his ways. He shows you who he is. He shows you what he wants you to, wants you, what he wants you to do and the way he wants you to do it when you're in communion with the Holy Spirit. So we have this Tower of Babel over here, and the problem with that one was that they were building it, building it for themselves, right? And then I want us to look at Acts, and what happened at Acts when the Holy Spirit came upon them in, in, uh, in Acts? So when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind. This wind, wind theme comes again that we've been talking about. From heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. The Holy Spirit's coming upon them. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire it's almost like a revival that separated and came to the rest uh, on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the languages enabled them, or as the Spirit enabled them. So we're not talking, right now we're not talking about speaking in tongues or any of that stuff, but the Spirit enables. The Spirit of God enables you to do great things. He says that he's going to do great things through and around and with us. So what are we doing with the Holy Spirit? What's the purpose of the Holy Spirit? And I hope for our church, like I want it to be a church, like that's who we are. Like we talk about it in the lobby. We'll talk about the Cougar game and we won't talk about the Idaho game, but we'll talk about the, uh, 
we'll talk about those things, but after we talked about like, man, let me, let me tell you, Darby, let me tell you what the, the Lord was doing in my life this week where I really felt God's spirit working. Let me talk to you about that first. And it just becomes something that's the common language for us. It's not something we just learned about. It's who we are. It's, we actually believe that it's in us. So what is the purpose of the Holy Spirit? It guides us in walking out God's calling in our lives. And what's that calling? What has he called you to do? What is your purpose here? You know what he said? He said, I wish for none of my, none, none to be lost. Right now, there are people out, here, out there who aren't in here today who are going through a living hell. It is true. Because they haven't met Jesus yet. They haven't had peace. And even some of us in here, we're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've met him and he's here with me in the living hell. But God wishes that none of his children would be lost. And so that what he's using, the calling on all of us, is that we are a kingdom of priests. We are his kingdom of priests, and he's what he wants, we are what he wants to use. And he wants to use us by directing us and guiding us through the Holy Spirit. That was a bad dance move. Hold on. Whew, no. Um, he wants to use the Holy Spirit. That's what he said. Through you, for out there, the church is not this building. You're sitting in a place where they used to store appliances and clothes and other things. We have a nice building, but the church is you. You are the church. You are what's supposed to happen. We come in here and we celebrate and it's awesome and like it's exciting and we're getting a little 20-minute message or 25-minute message and awesome worship, but out there is where it's happening. Out there in your daily life, how you deal with your employees, how you deal with your neighbor, that's where it's happening. We come in here to celebrate it and how we're treating people. So the Holy Spirit is infused, when it's infused in our personal life, it bleeds over into our homes. And hopefully I'm a better husband and a better dad because I've been working on my relationship with the Holy Spirit. And then it bleeds from our homes into our neighborhoods and then from our neighborhoods into the city and then into our nation and into all the ends of the earth. You know, the rest of the story in Acts is that they shared everything that they had in common. No one went without need. You know what? I got an email. It was cool on Saturday. It said need met. It was from real needs. There was a single mom who had left an abusive situation. She needed like, a, I think it was couch and TV, or not TV, couch and a dresser and beds and all those things. And it says need met. And I was like, mm, that's real life. And thousands were added to their numbers daily. Do you think we need to have thousands added to our numbers so we can make a great name for ourselves and the name of real life can be fantastic out there and somebody could think that there's some, some crazy pastor doing something and he's great? I don't want my name to be great. I don't want the name of this church to be great. I want the name of Jesus Christ to be great out there and our whole community has changed. And there's lots of awesome churches. They're doing lots of awesome stuff out here. And we just get to be a part of it, so let's partner with it. What if? We're going to take this time to serve communion. If you're serving that, thank you very much. Head on back there. We have an open table. We are coming to the table. And so we'll pass out the elements. If you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you'll probably just let it go right past you. If you're visiting with us, awesome. We're so glad you're here. Uh, we hold the elements till the end, and we'll take them together. And so as we're reflecting on this 
on this uh, time with the, with the Lord and our time in the, this, this sermon series. Like, what's the Holy Spirit doing in your life? What if you took him 20% more serious? What if you're just like, you know what, Josh, this sermon series may be over, but it's not over for me. I got to chase this forever. Like this, I, I, gotta, I need it too bad. If he said, if Jesus said, it's better that I leave you, it's better that I leave you so the Holy Spirit can come, then I want to know everything I need to possibly know to experience the Holy Spirit. So what could happen on the Palouse if a group of believers like us were totally bought into the movement of the Holy Spirit as a church? We took it and owned it personally, and then we took it and owned it as a church. Would we be like, the Tower of Babel, building something for ourselves with great programs and stuff like that? Or would we be like Acts, taking care of everything that everyone had a need and the Lord would add to his number daily? All the churches were filled up around Moscow. All the churches were filled up and they were hearing the word of God and they were doing things like just for that little portion of it, but the the rest of the community was even more amazing. Yeah. Because in John 14, 12 through 14, he says that we would do greater things than he, because he's in us times seven billion. Amen? Yeah, I want to be part of that. That sounds cool. How can we as a body cultivate and develop our relationship with the Holy Spirit? What does that look like for us? Are we talking about it? Are we having it infused? Are we being stirred as a body, as an individual? You have to, like, here you are. You're the big, beautiful glass of strawberry milk. The Holy Spirit's down in here. And like, boom, I'm in the text. Oh, I'm in the text with somebody else here. And now, oh, I'm in the text with another person. Now we have three people studying God's word, stirring the Holy Spirit inside of them. It starts bleeding out of us. Or in prayer and in fasting in worship. Like, we're like, come on, Holy Spirit. I want to hear you. I need you. And what do you think a church that is filled with the Holy Spirit looks like? It doesn't look like a building. It doesn't look like these seats. It looks like a community out there changed unbelievably because you are the church. Inside of you, how you treat somebody, how you see somebody, how you notice somebody. You're changing their life. You're, you're pointing them to what Jesus looks like. Well, I don't know. I'm not all buttoned up and fixed up. I know. That's even, that gives, if you were perfect, you, it wouldn't be as cool of a story. But because you have uh, problems and issues and things that you are going through and overcoming in your life, you give people hope. Who wants, who wants a perfect pastor? No. No, we don't want a perfect, you're like, hey, good news, Josh, we already got that figured out. No, but like, uh, like do we, are we gonna be, to be here, you have to be perfect. You got to be fixed to come in here. You have to be very holy to come in here. All right, anybody that's holy, just stay. I'm first one, oh, I'd go to that door, that's faster. No, like the story that he works through us and through our junk, that's, that's, that's the gold. That's the I can I can too. Let him transform us. Let him mold us. Just think about like what we're going to be like. We're going to make his name great. 
because we're going to be used by the Holy Spirit. And when we're used by the Holy Spirit, he's got his, his, he reveals himself, his ways, his purposes, his plans in our life. Jesus modeled it for us. You think he wanted to do every single thing that the Father was telling him to do? But he did it. He did it for us. So on the night he was betrayed, he held up the, the, uh, the bread. And when he given thanks, he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord, let us never forget the gift of the Holy Spirit. In the same way, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. It's a new covenant. Do this whenever you drink of it in remembrance of me. Let's remember him. Father God, I just thank you for this time. Thank you for the worship. I thank you for the hearts that are changed here, Lord. Um, I ask that you would just infuse us, that we would not uh, think of this as a sermon series or something that we accomplished or something that we checked off, but this is a way of life. Lord, we want to live by your spirit, We want to live how you want us to live because that's a better life. Help us to accomplish your purposes, Father God. Speak mightily in everyone's ear this week. Undeniably, Father God, that your spirit lives within us and is real and true and that you have the best for us, Lord. We want your best. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.